welcome. You're listening to Three Bothered Fathers, where we talk about what it is to be a father in today's society. Please listen, like, and share. God bless. Well, welcome again to another episode of Bothered Fathers. And uh, this is a bit of a different show. This is uh, what we're calling uh, a wartime update show. Um, If you've not been uh, awake or aware, we are uh, apparently we're at war with a virus called COVID-19. That's the language they're actually using on the Senate floor and in presidential uh, conferences. Uh, We're at war. And in any war, there is a front line. And there are people who fight battles. And we happen to think that uh, not just us, but that there is uh, the front line of this battle are the healthcare workers and the sanitation specialists and uh, the janitorial staff that is across the country cleaning. And so uh, we have uh, the great privilege of knowing personally uh, my whole life, the general, one of the leading frontline warriors in this battle, our brother, uh, my brother Joe Suits, who is at the University of Tennessee, Knoxville, actually leading this charge. Say hi to the folks, Joe. Oh, thank you. Hello. Thanks for the great welcoming. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, we're, you're like the, you're like the MacArthur of, uh, of this (laughs) battle. So uh, we're going to just launch right in. And uh, Joe, give us a sense of what uh, what's going on in the front lines in terms of cleaning and sanitation and what's uh, happened at UT, because I think what's happened at UT is very much what's happening at most colleges and businesses and hospitals around the country. Hey, uh, Joe, before, uh, <laughs> Joe, before you go on, um, just let the people know what exactly is your title and duty at UT uh, absolutely. Yeah. What I am, a technical title is a, you know, supervisor for coordinator, uh, oversee, um, the custodial department, uh, part of the custodial staff, about half of them that run uh, multiple shifts and cover, you know, approximately, you know, two to three million square feet of cleaning, um, at the university. Uh, you know, I've, I've got multiple supervisors and about 60 to 70 staff members that are the front, you know, frontline workers as well, you know, in the so, trenches yeah. doing the work. So you're really you really are the general uh, in, in, uh, one of the generals there who uh, can really speak to sort of uh, what is taking place on the ground when it comes oh, to that. Because, you, know, you know, all this week uh, we've heard and I've seen articles of people talking about. You know uh, the the unsung heroes in this. And John mentioned the healthcare work workers and we we people that are working at grocery stores and things like that. And uh, seen where they talk about people like in your line of work. And um, I just I think a lot of times people just don't understand all sort of the what's taking place. So. Uh, what what's sort of right now, you know, all the things taking place in the world and 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 and, and at UT and in our homes and all that kind of stuff. But for you personally, when you go into work, what what is it like on the ground right now as as we're in this war against this virus? What's it like when you enter the battlefield every day? Right now, what it is at this moment, uh, even with the frontline folks, it is uh, nervousness. 
it is folks that uh, that I work with that are nervous because it's constantly changing hour by hour. And I mean that in a very literal sense that, you know, policies, how we clean, how we disinfect, there's a difference between the two. I've had, you know, we've basically had to go through daily retraining, uh, reorganizing our skill set, different chemicals. Um, Fortunately, we were able to jump ahead of game and order a lot of this stuff and get kind of a small stockpile of things that we need. But folks come in and and it's hit the ground running where, you know, instead of the daily things that we do anyway we do that and we're also having to then go into a room and completely disinfect it and if you ever go into a classroom with 300 chairs um that's that can be uh, intimidating that you have to get every bit of that but uh fortunately we have some some great technology and tools and machines that help us and assist with this process but then you also you know you got to calm nerves these are, you know, if you want to who, say, who's, who, whose nerves do you have to calm, Joe? Sorry, you're up. Who do who do you have to calm? Is it other staff members uh, in in your line of work, or is it the the other like administrators? Or I mean, what's what sort of? Yeah, I mean, that's Donald great. Donald Trump, I think, right? You got yeah, you calling no, no, him daily. Great question, and it's <laughs> and it's really a you know 70, 70 percent being the faculty and other staff, and some at the beginning students. Uh, but then, you know, about a 30% of my crew, you know, with questions, uh, nervousness and, you know, being flexible that, you know, and I've had a, a handful of people just want to take off and work remotely. And that means through training, we can cover some of that, but, uh, it's a lot of the directors and deans, chancellors, um, what are you doing? How are we combating this? How they want to know what we're doing to keep them safe. And anybody else that may be in the room, in the contact with them until, you know, the traffic flow has obviously decreased tremendously because of switching to online courses. There's still a couple hundred students there, still staff members there. Uh, They want to know, you know, for example, uh, without certain details, you know, I get called in. I'm I lead the. They call it the Tyvek suit team, basically, uh, so where there is potential known. And we actually have had a uh, member of our overall department already tested with uh, COVID-19. Uh, I, myself and a, a group that I have put together uh, go in and completely suit up full PPE and have to take care of, as we call it, ground zero. Uh, and make sure that we take care of that and also ourselves. Uh, to be able to get out of there and go home and not, you know, catch it ourselves. So, so you're, uh, you, you really are on, on the ground with it. And, you know, we hear all these different reports out there, Joe, with, you know, that this isn't a big deal. This is a big deal. We got to stay inside so we can save Betty White. And I'm like, oh. okay, <laughs> uh, we're trying to save grandma. And then we have people, uh, Drew loves Betty White, but uh, we, we have, uh, we I have, uh, we had to sacrifice the old people for the good of the economy. Well, and, and then there's the other side of it. That's right, Drew. There's people saying, like, let's just kill grandma so uh, <laughs> so, so my kids can go back to school. Yeah, um, well. And so let me ask you this, Joe. I mean, as someone who has to has, had to know about this, study this, understand how to kill it, is this something that we should be concerned about in our daily lives? Um, here's – okay, yeah. There, <laughs> to answer that, it's a, a yes and a no in a sense that – 
is it been what I call hype uh, from the media, the news? Absolutely. Um, is this, you don't want to say it's overplayed by that. Absolutely. To, it's played into the fear of the American people and really worldwide. Uh, but speaking for locally, it is, co- you know, the novel COVID-19, the coronavirus, you know, the coronavirus itself has been around for decades. This strand is only something new and not to play it down, but it's a glorified cold. It's a cold. So the effects that it's having on the older generation is because of it's an age factor. And most likely a lot of that is for a lot of those folks, unfortunately, is underlying issues. And it's not, you know, because right now, if you look at Tennessee, this is where we're at right now. Um, the average age, or the age group now that ha- carries the most out of the 784 current uh, active known tests of people with COVID-19 in Tennessee, um, the age is from mass age is pretty much from 21 years of age to about 40 years of age. That who is that's who has the virus right now and carrying it around. So the fear really has been misplaced. It should be these folks just. Do what's right. Wash your hands. And that truly is it. As crazy as that sounds, from your neck up, keep your fingers out of it. Any type of mucous membrane surface, the eyes, nose, or mouth. And wash your hands. What about butt? Joe, what about buttholes? Well, it won't. I'm sorry. That's, <laughs> you know, I may have a mucous membrane down there and they need some help, but right now, it truly is. Keep your hands out of your mouth, honestly. Mm. And it's and it's that distance thing if someone's sneezing on you. So tell me how there's no difference. If you're in somewhere six months ago and the flu that's running rampant and actually has killed double, triple the number where we're at globally, uh, you still want to keep your distance from those folks, right? You know, if they're sneezing or coughing, what do you want to do? You want to wash your hands. It's common practices. But it's the hysteria that's played off of this, and it's played hard. And I don't want to downplay it because, you know, I hate to have to see lies lost. Um, like yesterday, confirmation of someone, an infant, or someone in that zero to 10 range um, that, that passed away out in Los Angeles. But once again, underlying issues. Uh, for most people, they have it and probably don't even know that they have already probably have had it and thought it was just a regular code until it became CNN, MSNBC, Fox News, local news, blowing it up. So the biggest thing is, is it's not, is it something you could be concerned about? Um, yeah, in a sense that if, if you get a code, have a little bit of courtesy and just stay at home. Um, keep yourself away from folks, and then, you know, you're going to be okay. You know, if there's uh, there are underlying cases where people have weakened immune system, autoimmune diseases, that yeah. it, it does do some damage. And I'm not taking away making a lot of that. No, no. And, and, and that's the thing. You know, we know this is contagious. We know this is, uh, you know, we know this is something we want to be concerned about. Um, you know, right. but when I, you think, say contagious, I think uh, here's the thing that it is uh, between 40 and 60 times more contagious than the normal common code. So oh, that uh, plays in the fact. Uh, yes. 
So that's exactly. that's sort of why everyone is sort of in your line. And we should also mention that Joe's married to a, a nurse who works at the the uh, the pediatric hospital in Knoxville. So she's also one of the people on the front lines. Absolutely. And that Joe's father-in-law is a is a pediatric do- doctor. So I mean, you know, you're surrounded. You're you're a, a household of generals. And that Joe's oldest son is just your typical 16-year-old loser. So. <laughs> No, no, no. He he plays trumpets, so that that's something. <laughs> For people who know, this is called Bothered Fathers, and Joe is a father. He's got five kids. Uh, <laughs> oh, he's, I'm he's bothered the most fathered of all of us. <laughs> that's the why he comes down. The ages range from one to 16 in Joe's house, so. Yeah, it, it and so, you know, I play into that. You know, I want to, I don't want to bring stuff here to get the kids sick and get other folks sick. And that's where it's at because really, truly, honestly, I feel like knowing what I've known and what I see and how we take care of this, because in my line of work, what I haven't used daily, guess what? It is EPA registered, CDC approved to kill the coronavirus. So if we already had something to kill it, then we know it's just a contagious thing. So then all of a sudden everybody gets contagious and everyone freaks out. They want everybody to go home, work from home, do all this because it's that contagious. Um, okay. You take 467,000 globally. There's only been 21,000 deaths. Well, in 2018 globally, the measles killed 150,000 people. Where's the, do you see that there's yeah, not? Yeah, yeah. It's a different it, hysteria. It, it's something new. It's something it scary. Is. It's the unknown. And, and it, it is. It's once again, we don't want to make light of it, but it is. Correct. I think this is. I think I wanted you to come on because you are on the front lines. You are. You're out there every day dealing with uh, making sure that your facilities and all the 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 buildings and and the classrooms and the office spaces and and the common areas that you're dealing with and your people. That they're safe and that you guys are cleaning things uh, in a way that is sanitary and kills this virus. Uh, but I, I think also, you, you know, for people who are listening, you know, you hear all these different things. From most, of, most of the information you're getting from are people, A, if you're listening to news, you're listening to people behind a, a, a nice protected box or a politician mm-hmm. who is, is so disconnected from what reality uh, it, that it, it's, it's obvious. Or B, you're sitting there and you're listening to social media, Facebook, Reddit, uh, Twitter, and it's just people basically sitting at home uh, binge watching Game of Thrones. And here, uh, here we have Joe Suits, who's a who's out there at UT doing doing the work, understanding what he what he needs to do. And 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 I'm just hoping this this will sort of help people sort of put this thing in more perspective. I got one more question for you, Joe, um, and and I'll let the others because I think I've been dominating this. Because I'm I'm older than you and I can do this, but my uh so in all honesty, man, um, do you uh uh how do you know do you feel like this situation, ha- even though it's been horrible in a lot of ways, a lot of people have lost jobs, um, you know, people have having to reduce hours, kids are can't go to school, uh, so some loved ones have passed away, others have gotten sick. Uh, but do you think that this maybe helps uh, shed light on on a on an industry, your industry, your field of work that helps people understand that you all do have a matter and that you do, you know, that you're not when we see someone that says janitor or custodian, we don't you know that it it's something that is an important job and an important career. Oh, absolutely. I, I, I really feel uh, it's going to change the stigmatism that is out there on this right now. 
because uh, been in this industry for a few years now, um, learning what I've learned, trained on what I've trained, taught who I need to taught, teach. Let me tell you, right now, I hope folks will realize that. And as I told my group going into this last week, I had you know, met a lot of many, many groups trying to obey by the, you know, 10 or less. And, you know, we try to adhere to those rules, as, you know, our, our uppers tell us uh, that if we step away right now or any custodial janitor services steps away right now, he's what the hysteria that would happen would be astronomical who's going to clean who's going to disinfect who's going to take who's going to keep this environment safe for us to work in i agree as a, a married to a nurse i want her to stay safe with what she's got but when they're done with the room who gets it ready for them to be back in there who gets it ready for them to take the next person in surgery uh, so what we do is good, what we do is great, and what we do is needed. And I hope it changes the the living wage off of this. And the stigmatism of it's just a, oh, you're just a cleaner. And I tell folks all the time, that's a misconception. Right now, I have taught, you know, approximately 100-something, 200 people, not only how to clean, but also how to disinfect at a hospital-grade level. I've got folks that know how to, to, to be a carpet technician, hard floor technician. Uh, we've got machines that, you know, that most industries don't have because what we do is take care of day in and day out thousands and thousands of people outside of this. And so I'm hoping it does change that. I'm really hoping and I bring that to some of the chancellors and some of the folks that are the way on up. And I told him this in a meeting with the emergency management group. I really hope to see, that you understand and you see the importance of my department and that it is time to maybe relook at this. And I think it's going to be a time that they're going to relook at a lot of things. Uh, and I think it's going to be for the good, to be honest. I really do. Yeah, we got to get through this, but I really feel like um, it's going to change, you know, at least at our level. You know, if I can have a part in that and change it and it goes to another state or even just the folks I work with with a few bucks more to put some money in their pockets to, to feel better at what they do, then, then, then my goals are, are, are looking good and accomplished. Yeah. So apparently you're the one that started this coronavirus in order to get yourself some more money. Is that what I'm hearing? Listen, <laughs> what you have this to do. Joe Suits is the one who created <laughs> this virus. He did something with a bat, and that bat has translated to millions of dollars for him. Absolutely, because in one of my buildings, uh, they've got an animal lab, and uh, what is happening there is to just be disclosed, and y'all to never figure out. So, uh, <laughs> absolutely. Anybody, anybody, uh, what about you, other guys? Uh, I, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm asking you questions, but you guys got it. Yeah, man, you're rude as hell. Um, no, it uh, <laughs> just no, it's great <laughs> questions. I, I I was just gonna ask about mops, but uh, I. Uh, <laughs> No, my question is, and Joe, I've talked to you about this before. One of the biggest leading factors that I've seen with the hysteria is the, um, and there's a great misconception about this phrase that this virus is uh, airborne. Can you huh. tell us what's actually happening when, when the CDC uses a phrase airborne or this virus can be spread through the air? I have a feeling a lot of people don't understand what that actually means. Can you, can you break that down? Oh, absolutely. And the biggest thing is people, what if, even if I was to ask 
uh, the, the three of you, and most people think, oh, it's airborne, which meaning it's doing what? People think it's circulating in the air. Um, it is not. Uh, it's not to be shown to be in the HVAC systems. Basically, you know, I, I'm here, I sneeze, and it goes up through the system, the filters, and, and if it's not a zoned unit, most places aren't zoned, meaning that they're separated. Um, it is airborne through a cough and a sneeze. Uh, there's a reason they give that six-foot distance, keep six foot away. Well, that's because when it hits the air, you're far enough away for it to drop. Um, now, if it lands on surfaces, that's the big thing. That's why it is um, not, it's not the typical airborne, if that makes sense, in the sense that it's not floating in the air for 13 hours. It's not you, you know, oh my gosh, I went to the grocery store and when I went to the bread line, you know, the guy, you know, two hours ago sneezed in the air and it's still floating. It is, it is not there. And even, you know, the CDC, you know, I wish some of these would, further explain this uh you have to kind of just go in detail and kind of know what they're talking about um and that's when uh, talking to many of our professionals and doctors and folks on a daily basis even at the university um that's why they put these in place keep six foot away uh are you a primary that's another thing you know to kind of run through real fast is primary and secondary well, I was with so-and-so, but so-and-so's friend that had it was near my buddy. You know, it's like saying, okay, Drew, and hypothetically, uh, you've been, we're, you three are in a room, you know, well, Drew and John are in a room. Drew finds out that he's tested positive. Well, John, you become a primary. Well, then you go the next day and you go get breakfast with Jared. Uh, Jared is only secondary, and it is very minimal chances that at that point, you're going to get anything uh, because yeah, kind of like uh, yeah, you're not going to develop like, symptoms for you. You, you got to wait at least 48 hours before you uh, see yeah, if yeah. you got symptoms. Gotcha. That makes sense. So like gonorrhea. Sure. Yeah. Okay. 48 <laughs> hours. Forty-eight hours. Gonorrhea. I gave it to Jared at breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, the biggest thing, John, is, is the touch points. Um, someone sneezes, say, man, they even covered their mouth with their hand. Well, okay, we got you want to give them a little bit of credit until they turn around and hit the elevator button. And guess what? That's where it's, that's where it's lingering. Unfortunately, I think it's lingering more on the touch surfaces, and I'll tell you why. Uh, just like with the, uh, the cruise ship, uh, one of the Princess cruise ships from Japan, uh, a few weeks ago, when they finally undocked those folks and had a you know a handful of people with the coronavirus on there, they cleared it out. Nobody has been on this for I think 17 days, and they found COVID-19 still surviving on surface material. So, meaning more of your touch points, and that goes back to what washing your hands. Uh, if you're going to use hand sanitizer, you've got to have you want at least I know 60, but they really saying about 70% alcohol or better uh, to be able to do so, that. So we can't get hand sanitizer. So I bought two bottles of Burnett's vodka, 100 proof, and I'm currently sanitizing the inside of my body. Is that good? <laughs> uh, 
you want you do that, Drew. You just get yourself running in a good pace for a minute, open your pores, and let it seep out. You'll be good to go. All right. So vodka and exercise. <laughs> and what you would say, and exercise. <laughs> Drew has a cure for this. People are making their own hand sanitizer right now because it's everything's backed order. I mean, I was talking to, as you'd mentioned, you know, my father-in-law, who's a doctor. Uh, we were going over some things just, you know, about an hour and a half ago. Uh, you know, what would cost him with these supplies? You know, they're all backward. Nobody can get anything because everybody is planning like they need to plan for some major apocalypse. And instead of living day to day and week to week, and realizing that it's going to be okay, we're going to lose more people. Absolutely. Um, if not to be negative, but right now we've not even hit that peak. We've not hit the apex. We're not there yet. We're nowhere near there. New York's about two weeks away, and we can follow up here in a couple of weeks and look at the numbers. Look what's going to happen. It's going to get crazier. I hate to say that because we've not. If you can imagine a curve, a bell curve, you know they're just now reaching the top of theirs. And unfortunately, we want the hysteria to stop, but that's how they're trying to flatten that curve so less people can get sick. So what do they want to do? They just want to shove everybody inside. And I guess everybody inside wants, you know, 15 pallets of toilet paper. For what reason? You know, I really don't know. Um, And if no one in your family is sick or ill, why do you need all the cleaner for? Um, So folks have really just got to scale it back and realize that this too will pass. And common common knowledge, which a lot of people I want you to know, is the difference between cleaning and disinfecting. That's what I've been teaching on. That's the key. You know, Joe, it's funny. You you know, you you've said things in this podcast that uh, you know that honestly they make sense. They're reasonable. They're logical. And um, sadly, I, I don't I don't hear it when I'm streaming through the news services or watching the news. Uh, so uh, I'm hoping our listeners, all three of them. Uh, hi, mom, and Drew's mom. <laughs> but if I, uh, I hope our listeners are, are, are understanding something. What, you guys got anything else you want to throw out there? Anything like that? Anything um, you want to say to Joe? Or uh, no, it's very close, informative. I really out? appreciate this. I think I think approaching this with hopefully, I think what I hear Joe saying is the same best practices that they had in place before is what will help anyone stay safe in, uh, in, in this time. And so, and, and, and maybe it'll make us a little more sanitary moving forward. Uh, I think yeah, for yeah. men, honestly, I, like this is a bothered father series. Uh, I'm just going to say this, but uh, dudes wash your damn hands. When you go to the bathroom, it's disgusting. It's yeah, absolutely can, gross. Yes. There is a, uh, there is an ongoing issue with me. Every time I go to the uh, a public restroom, I have in the past recently, I will actually call people out if I see them not washing their hands. I don't care. Like if they're bigger than me, I don't call them out. But if I'm bigger than them, uh, typically it's it's old men. Uh, I call them out. I really do. I have done it. I did it to a guy at Publix recently, and uh, he was he used the bathroom and he comes out and I mean he wasn't just peeing. He was doing the number two uh, tango oh, in there, God. and he comes out. And he just walks out, and I I go, hey dude, you gonna wash your hands? And he turned back around. And he said. But there's a sink in there. It's a handicap stall. And he was all shaking and scared. And he did. He actually had washed his hands. But hey, <laughs> he's trying to keep uh, keep America alive. <laughs> here's the thing. You're a hero. 
Yeah. <laughs> when this thing being as contagious as it is outside of regular practices, it is truly having folks understand that, you know, when they say, hey, safe at home practices, you know, stay at home. And this is how this virus, honestly, you want to see this virus really stop? Everybody just stay at home for a few weeks uh, and, and you'll see it go down. Because then every, then your frontline workers, a.k.a. my crew and many, many thousands and hundreds of thousands of others custodians out there uh, will do their part and take care of the rest. Uh, but you've got you've to disinfect. You've got to do it the right way. Wiping goes. That don't work. You know, using your wipe all your Clorox wipes and trying to dry it right afterwards, not working. You know, do things the, the way it tells you to do on the back of that bottle, which is what common practice: read, apply, do, and I, you know what, wash your hands. We'll be okay. Yeah, we'll make it. Uh, and, you know, a couple of months. It, if it doesn't, get back on, and we'll just talk about how we're gonna survive. I mean, hell, it go one way or the other. So. True, in the apocalypse, we'll uh, who knows what we'll be doing. Uh, Drew or John, any final questions or thoughts for Joe before uh, we close out here? Nope. Oh, good. Well, that's it. Click. Welcome. You're listening to Three Bothered Fathers, where we talk about what it is to be a father in today's society. Please listen, like, and share. God bless.